session with Dr. Farid Holaku. Good afternoon and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadid Holakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadid Holakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, so you can call in with any questions related to clinical psychology, including any emotional or psychological issues, parenting issues, and relationship issues as well. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram, or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show and suggest topics for the program. And the shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and free podcasts on iTunes. Again, our studio number is 310-441-0555. I announced it on Monday, but I'll announce the book of the week again. It is Quiet by Susan Kane. Quiet, the power of introverts in a world that can't stop talking. Um, but maybe about a third of the way through, and it's an interesting book and already has made me rethink some ways that I myself tend to um, give preference to extrovert individuals or extrovert characteristics, and she talks about how we now have this extrovert ideal um, in this age where everyone is focused on you have to be an extrovert basically to be popular, to be successful. And we value those skills and those traits more than introvert skills when actually there's a lot to be learned from uh, introverts and the way that they act and behave and think. And on top of that, we want everyone to be able to be themselves and express who they are. So we don't all have to become extroverts. We should allow people to be who they want to be. So I hope you'll join me in reading that. I'll talk about it on Monday's show next week. And speaking of being yourself or being who you are, I wanted to start today's show um, talking about gender uh, because actually I saw an image from someone in education regarding this uh, image of a gender-bred person. It's something that I've seen uh, some people sharing now, and you can see different versions of it. I'll post it on my um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, a picture of this. But it's the gender-bred person, basically a play on the gingerbread man, which I remember as a kid we would sing about or read about. Um, but the gender-bred person helps to give an explanation to this idea of uh, sex, gender, gender identity, what that means in a visual uh, display shows you a little bit of simplifying it, so to speak. So before I get into that, um, w- there has been a lot of talk and discussion in recent years about things like gender, gender identity, transgender individuals. And I think for some people, they think, oh, this is a new thing, or we weren't talking about this before. So is it new? And in that way, does it mean people are making it up or are they choosing for example, to be transgender, or we also have heard for many years, choosing to be homosexual. And just because it's new and that we're talking about it in a new way, or it's new, a topic of conversation, it doesn't mean it didn't exist before. These issues have existed for all of humanity, and people have always had these types of 
um, issues that they were dealing with or even we've made them into issues because they really don't need to be. But to think that it's something new is not true. Uh, what's more new is the way that we're talking about it, but also the fact that we've for so long uh, wanted to dichotomize things, that you're either male or female, you are heterosexual or homosexual, you are masculine, feminine. And although we'd like things to be simplified in this way, the truth of the matter is that all of these dimensions essentially are on a spectrum. Just like we might like to think of people as short or tall, but really there is much more of a range and we have every single height from the shortest to the tallest and everything in between. And we don't just have short, tall, we have a whole range. And the same goes for all of these issues as well. I think we prefer to keep them simplified. We prefer to keep it black and white, up, down. There's just a binary or a dichotomy that makes it easy for us to categorize people and put them into some kind of a label or put a label on them. But really, that's not the case. People are much more complex than that. Even when you think about it, people ask or they wonder, you know, when they meet someone, especially when it comes to ethnicity, people say, oh, what are you? Right? Or they might say about someone else, what is he? Or I don't know what his or her race or ethnicity is. Because we want to know, we want to put those labels on people. And the same thing. Oh, is he gay? Is he straight? Is he this? We want to know and put that label on them. But the reality is that these things are much more complex. So looking at this image of the gender-bred person, um, it has this shape of like a gingerbread cookie type of a uh, figure, and then it has different types of labels on it. So if we start from one of them, we can say the biological sex, and that is essentially, as they put it, the physical sex characteristics you're born with and develop, including genitals, body shape, voice, pitch, body, hair, hormones, chromosomes, etc. So this is your biological sex, and you have male or female, and even that's not such a strict dichotomy. Sometimes there are uh, things, some people can be born more in between, and also there can be more extremes as far as things like hormones, how much testosterone versus estrogen that you have. But biological sex essentially is uh, the physical sex characteristics that you are born with. So that is more of a physical thing and how you are essentially born. And in that gingerbread drawing, they have that area with where we have the genitals is essentially where that's associated with. Then we go up to um, identity and gender identity. They have that in the brain because gender identity is how you in your head define your gender based on how much you align or don't align with what you understand to be the options for gender. That's how they write it on this diagram. So essentially how much of a woman or a man you see yourself. And again, um, it's not about a choice. When we talk about this, we're looking at how people are born. And people who are transgender will often say, I was physically born, my biological sex was male, but I saw myself as a girl or as a woman from a very young age or for as long as I can remember. So gender identity takes place essentially in the head. Now, of course, this diagram is trying to simplify things because all of these things are going to interact and really might not be located in just one place or we can't simplify it, but it's a way to give us a visual and to give us an understanding of what we're talking about. So gender identity is in the head. That's what you think or how you see 
yourself. Then they have the heart, which, again, it's more of a simplification or part of the drawing, but for them, that's what they're talking about, attraction. So who you're attracted to is uh, what we're looking at coming basically from your heart or who you find attractive. And they've even divided into sexual attraction and romantic attraction, um, but just to simplify it for now, we're looking at attraction is something who you find you want to be with, who you find um, sexually attractive or who you'd like to be in a partnership with. And again, there isn't a dichotomy. People like to think of it as black or white, even straight or gay, but we know that it's much more complex than that. It's much more complicated than that, than that to just say it is two things. There are, in between, you can be bisexual, and even they talk about being asexual, not being attracted to anyone, but it's much more than that. And if we really think about it, most people don't, because of the way the pressures we have on society, most people don't even really explore their sexuality or who they are attracted to because of all the stigmas and judgments that are there. But when they've done studies on sexuality, like the Kinsey scale shows that they found that people were much more um, on a spectrum rather than a black and white of homosexual or heterosexual. So the attraction is what here they have it as the heart. And one thing I'll say here is that your gender identity and who you're attracted to don't have to necessarily be related or they're two separate things. Again, they could be affected by each other in some ways, but I think sometimes when I've talked to people about, for example, transgender individuals, they have a hard time thinking, okay, well, so does that mean they're, they have to be gay or they have to be straight or they have to be this or that? And no, the answer is no. They, you can be transgender, for example, born physically female and think of yourself as a male, but be attracted to men or women or both. There isn't a um, way that it's a, if you're a transgender, you have to be attracted to this or that that's who you are attracted to not who's going to find you necessarily attractive or be attracted to you that's a separate issue but we're talking about your attraction or who you're going to be attracted to and then also here they have basically the whole person or the outline of the whole person that's gender expression and the way they describe that is the ways you present gender through your actions address and demeanor and how those presentations are interpreted based on gender norms so in the end of that, we can see that, of course, gender changes, um, can change over time the way we look at male or female or what's masculine or feminine. I've talked before about how in our current generation for a man to cry is seen as not masculine and as something feminine, which I think is a shame because it leads to lots of issues for men and also in their relationships with others. But previously, this wasn't always the case. It, could, it was at times seen as a sign of strength that a man cared so much about something or valued something that it brought him to tears. But now that has changed. So the norms can change, but the way you express yourself uh, is your gender expression. My, Although you can, again, have this a spectrum, there oftentimes will be a, a relation between your identity and your expression, how you see yourself and how you're going to present yourself, but it doesn't have to be exactly one to one. So I like this image because it's uh, it is simplified, but does allow us to visualize these different aspects of gender, uh, sexual orientation, sex issues that are very much in the media, especially in the United States. I talked about it, I think it was two weeks ago, about how uh, President Donald Trump said there's going to be a ban on transgender individuals 
in the military, and I was very saddened by that news because of the effect I think it will have on the transgender community, both individually, how they view themselves as people that are being in some way um, ostracized or being thought of as less than because they aren't given all the rights as everyone else, but also the way they'll be treated. We know they're one of the most uh, stigmatized groups and one of the groups that experiences the highest level of prejudice or discrimination, bullying and hatred in, in this country. And unfortunately, when you pass laws that somehow show them as being less than, as not equal to everyone else, that just opens the door or further reinforces that. So I was very unhappy about that and saddened, and I hope that they, uh, that it won't actually go through all the way or that something will change. But for the time being, that was the announcement that was made. But this, this chart can help illustrate what we're talking about when we're looking at all these issues and give people a better understanding of that. And again, for me, it's very important to keep in mind that although we'd like for things to be very simple, and some people might even say that, say, oh, it was easier when we just had male, female, straight, gay, I don't want to deal with all this complication and confusion. Well, yes, I understand that it's more simpler to think of the things as a dichotomy and to think of them as black or white, but the truth of the matter is they're much more complex than that. And if we want to really understand other people and even ourselves, it's important for us to uh, look at these issues and see what's going on. Again, they're not new issues. They're new that we're talking about them, but they've always been there and people are dealing with them and it can be good to become more familiar with what's going on. So I'll post this on my um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Would love to hear your thoughts on that, the gender-bred person. Um, giving an explanation or visual demonstration of things like sexual uh, identity, gender expression, and gender identity. All right, we've reached our first commercial break. Studio number 310-441-0555. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tulakwi. We'll be right back. Studio number 3104410555. Let's go to a caller. Radio Hamra, you're on the air. Yes, hi Dr. Farid. I'm so happy to be talking to you again. Oh, nice to talk to you too. Thank you. Um I'll I'll try to be quick because my phone is on low battery and I don't want to lose you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. Um Okay, I'm in a long-distance relationship. I had called you before regarding this relationship. Actually, it was, mm. the focus was on this person's uh, daughter. Um, he's uh, 56, I'm 50 years old, and uh, he has two kids. I have two kids. I've been divorced, and his wife passed away mm -hmm. uh, five years ago. And uh, we've been getting to know each other for the past almost six months, and we saw each other three times. Um, at the beginning, when we first started, um, I had agreed. I, I didn't agree, but I was thinking seriously to move there, uh, wherever he is. Um, but he's been without a job for the past five months, and he's looking, he's going to interviews, and he's been rejected. 
And uh, recently, because I, I saw a lot of instability on his part, then I said, uh, I told him that I wasn't going to move because I have a very secure job that I've been here for nine years. I have my own business. And um, he hasn't addressed that because he's been so busy, you know, looking for a job, taking classes. And um, there are a few things about him that is really a serious concern for okay. me. I don't know whether... Um, before you get to that, just uh, I, I do remember you calling in, but uh, remind me how old your kids are and how, how old his kids are. Uh, my son is 22, my daughter is 19, his daughter is 26, and his son 23. Okay. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Um, so, a few things. Uh, one is the instability in his um, job. Um, I'm concerned that, um, I don't know whether it should be a concern or not, but um, when I look at his job history, he's been on and off without a job. Um, and uh, this recent one, uh, for the past five months, he's been unemployed. Uh, that's one of my concerns. Um, second thing, I'm, I'm reading a lot about the uh, OCPD, and I don't know whether he displays those signs or not, but um, a few things I'm going to tell you. You tell me if these are related to that um, disorder or not. Okay. Uh, when I was visiting him and he was in the car, um, I noticed, because he lives in the, um, the central time, time zone, and I, I looked at his clock in his car, and it was the eastern time zone. And I asked him, why do, why do you have your time on the eastern? And then he said, oh, because when I call some of my relatives in the east coast, then I don't have to think twice about what time is it over there. And then I looked at him, okay. And then he said, and also, you know, it gives me the false hope that, oh, there's one more hour of daylight. Hmm. Um, okay. okay. <laughs> I don't know if I see. Well, let me actually, before you continue, just because uh, to clarify. Sure. So you said OCPD. I just want to let yes. people listening know what that is. So it's obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And yes. so these people tend to be overly concerned with things like rules and things being orderly and done in a certain way. And they're not very flexible with things being done differently. So they need things to be similar as opposed to obsessive compulsive disorder. So sometimes mm -hmm. people can confuse the two. So that's your, your concern has obsessive compulsive personality disorder. What you're saying is a little bit bizarre. The the time uh, issue and hope, you know, the wish of having one more hour of, of sunlight. Uh, it doesn't seem, you know, so much with OCPD. It could be because almost yeah. you'd think someone with OCPD would want it to be exactly to the minute where they are potentially, but there could be something else. But tell me what else makes you okay. think he might have that. Um, when I was at his house, um, he wasn't washing, putting his you know dishes in the dishwasher. I asked him why. He said, oh, because the dishwasher and detergent has a lot of chemicals, and I don't want chemicals. Um, another thing is that I noticed that he himself has to cut the grass himself. He doesn't let his son cut the grass. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he even got some little ra some rashes by cutting the grass. And then, oh, that became a huge issue of going to the clinic, getting antibiotics, and going to the dermatologist. I mean, this became such a huge, huge... I mean, every small thing, it seems like it gets 
magnified. Hmm. Um, and also for the contact lens, I, we were once talking about it. He said, no, 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 I don't put contact lens in my eyes because the solution has chemicals. I don't want that to get in my eyes. Hmm. Um, let's see. Some well, that's, stuff. you know, I'll say, so that, that has some similarities even with, with OCD potentially. Does he, is he overly concerned about cleanliness and although you know the dishes being unwashed but i mean does he seem to have an obsession with these the cleanliness washing his hands anything like that um i had noticed on the on the palm of his hand it was like peeling mm-hmm. and um i asked him what it was he, he kind of like said oh it's nothing you know it's like i'll go to the dermatologist and have you know and then I suspected that maybe he washes his hands maybe too much. I haven't noticed it myself when I was with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of, when I was reading about it, that kind of, like, alerted me. And um, and also, the, another thing is, like, he is extremely stiff and seems very, like, everything has to be appropriately said. Even, you know, when he wanted to hold my hand, can I hold your hand? Um, you know, uh, everything is like the wording that he uses also. It's so carefully thought out. And um, hmm. if if he makes some kind of a, um, he gets kind of upset if, if, if he, he, he has some, short, he would call it shortcoming. You know, I, I would think of it as something really simple, but he was like, um, like one time that, um, I had no, we met on a, on a dating site. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he came and visited me and went back, I went to the site to close my profile. And then I noticed that I, I checked out his profile. I saw that he was recently active on that site. Mm-hmm. And I had, I got kind of upset. And I told him, I was like, oh gosh, you know, if you're still looking, you know, after you even met my family, uh, you know, you should have told me. And he got really upset. He started, like, he sent me this song. He sang himself, and he was crying in that song that I don't want you to lose you, and you are so... De- I mean, this was a little bit, to, to me, it was a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds uh, a little excessive. Did he did he explain to you, rather than you needing to get a, a concert performance from him, You, I think you <laughs> wanted an explanation or just an understanding of what was going on. Did he give you that, an, un, an explanation? He, yeah, he told me, oh, somebody has sent him an email or smiley, and he was just checking to see who it was. So he's trying to be polite and send them a no thank you email, um, because that's what the, what the admin had sent an email saying, that this is appropriate thing to do when someone sends you a smiley or email, is to thank them. Well, yeah, there does seem to be, I mean, I don't know, some of that sounds like potentially an excuse, but either way, yeah. there does seem to be a preoccupation with doing things the right way or appropriate yeah. way, or you said even perfectionism, which those are all anxiety-related issues and even parts of obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. So it is possible he's doing that. The way you describe him, he does seem a little bit restricted and controlled in some way, like he's trying to, uh, you know, do things the quote-unquote right way and afraid to do the wrong way. And then when you were upset with him, he reacted really strongly, like he couldn't handle it. Has that come up in other ways? Like if you guys have a disagreement or argument, how how does he respond? Um, 
I haven't, I mean, we haven't had any other disagreements that I could really um, use an exa- as an example. So I in- just noticed that he's very, like, the way that, for example, I mean, I had complained that he's not romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't express himself, emotions, nothing. You know, he, he would say, I love you. And uh, but he wouldn't ever give me any compliments, and I had to point it out, bring it out, and then he would start doing it. But then it didn't feel right to me. It's like, okay, I told you now you're doing it. It doesn't, you know, it he doesn't initiate and do things that um, expresses his feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, and another thing that well, I let me I, stop you, know, you for a second. One thing, you know, to say that in six months the only disagreement or argument you guys had was about that time when you saw that he was still on the date active on the dating site um that's a little bit strange to me too after six months especially being long distance mm-hmm. have you gotten upset with him about something he might be more restricted so i can see him holding things in but mm-hmm. i mean i'm assuming you've gotten upset about things or you have been unhappy about something in the course of six months that you've expressed to him um, I had only few times I would have told, I, I would tell him that he doesn't give me any compliments, he doesn't, is not romantic. Um, these are the only things that I complained about. And I would tell him about the communication. I had sent him an email saying that, okay, for the past few days, uh, you only texted me in the morning, you haven't even tried to contact me. And he explained, he just sent an email explaining all his situation with job and trying to sell his house and, um, you know, things like that. But we haven't really, I mean, these are things that as soon as I come, like, uh, I complain about something, he, he tries to uh, ex- either explain or correct himself. Well, and that's, and that's actually a big thing, you know, when we talk about, uh, when we bring something up. So first, as the person bringing it up, you want to make sure that, that you don't attack the person, so you bring it up in a more gentle way. And also we talk about making sure it's a complaint rather, rather than a criticism. So a complaint is, I was unhappy that you did X, a very specific thing. A criticism is you're a careless, mean person. It's like more of a global way right. of putting the person down. Um, but And also another thing, as the person listening, what we often do is we think we have to give a defense or explanation for what what happened but we also want to make sure we empathize with our client our <laughs> i said client that is funny because maybe in a way it does feel like you're being a therapist but empathize with your partner's emotions too so that they show okay you care about it seems like you, for example you feel that he's not giving you enough attention and yeah. that's more important than just him giving you an explanation only you probably want both but it seems like you feel like you get more of the second you know one thing i'll say we're talking about a lot of the negatives what attracted you to him to begin with um he's he's very well respected very respectful mm-hmm. uh very gentle um seems kind and caring um and also one other thing that he lost his mom when he was 12 years old mm. um and he's also he has a twin brother um, he has so or he, had? He has. Okay. Um, yeah, his gentleness and kindness, um, caring. Um, okay. He's very spiritual. But emotionally, it seems like he's pretty closed off. Yeah. Okay. Which is tough. I mean, you guys are 
already long distance, which you're that, you know, it makes it harder to have connection. But then on top of that, he doesn't really give you a lot emotionally. So I, that can lead to that more disconnection or feeling of disconnection. Yeah, like when we were together, I would I would be the one initiating holding his hand. He wouldn't voluntarily hold my hand. Mm-hmm. And um, I had told him if he's not a physical person, you know, a touchy type of person, and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, in my marriage I was very, uh, you know, touchy and all these things, romantic. Um, but um, I haven't dated for so long. I don't know how to do it. He always says that he doesn't have much experience. Mm-hmm. And one other concern that I had was because he, when he married his wife, that was the only person, woman that he ever was, uh, he dated and he was interested and then got married to her. Mm-hmm. So she's the only one. And when I first met him in person, uh, he immediately said, oh, I feel like you're the one. Yeah, that I mean, you know, not that you're you're probably amazing, but that still is a little bit concerning for him to be so sure so soon. It, yeah. it does seem like maybe it was more of a logical choice than an emotional choice, uh, it, it, and possibly. But another thing we have to keep in mind, you know, he lost his mom and he lost his wife, um, yeah. and so he could have a fear of getting close or a fear of emotionally letting his guards down. So it could be that he always was that way. But losing his mom at 12, I can imagine that had an effect. And then losing his wife uh, just several years ago, he might have, you know, be a little bit emotionally closed off in general, which is what you might be feeling is that you're up against a wall. Let's talk a bit more after the break. I hope you can, you know, tell your phone to stay alive for us for a little (laughs) bit longer or find a way to charge it. But let's talk a bit after the break, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Talakwi. We'll be right back. Before the break, we're with a caller. Let's go back to her. Radio Ham, are you still there? Yes, hi okay. again. Thank you. Sure. So we're talking about your relationship. It's been about six months. Um, we both have two kids, long-distance relationship. And the way you're describing him, he's someone who's emotionally pretty closed off, or even the way I'm, you're describing him, someone who's uncomfortable with his own feelings which means that he's not going to be comfortable with your feelings either he's just not going to be very comfortable with that um but right before the break we were talking about how you know he lost his mom you said at the age of 12 and then lost his wife about five years ago so he already might have been a closed off person but we can see how these two losses especially losses of significant women in his life can make him a little more reticent to enter into an emotionally intimate relationship with someone else and right. that's maybe what you're you're experiencing let me ask you something about your own father what was he like or what is he like um well my father i came from an alcoholic father hmm. household uh 
he was also addicted at times. And um, I'm also the youngest of the five, and with big, big age difference. My brother was nine years older than me, the one closest to me. Hmm. Uh, my mom was very uh, depressed. Most of my life, I've seen her being depressed. Um, I'm also recently, you know, been working on my codependency mm-hmm. issues, um, and that's pretty much. Hmm. Okay, so it sounds uh, it sounds like a difficult childhood. Yeah, and it seems like you are um, you were with two people who were emotionally very unavailable themselves as parents. So there, there could be something about uh, this gentleman that you that feels like home to you, someone who's not emotionally there. Um, was your father abusive towards you? Emotionally, mm. you know, he would say hurtful things like "I'm never going to amount to anything," oh. mm. "I'm not smart," you know, many things that I don't recall. I just remember my brother pulling me aside and side and saying that, you know, he's drunk and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Please don't mm. get upset. I think it was some very hurtful words that he was. I see. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds very hurt, very painful. Um, and and your mom being depressed probably couldn't do much to no. defend you or take care of you or to make you feel good about yourself uh, to no. try to make up for what your father was saying. So that, that sounds like a pretty difficult childhood. I don't know if you got some parenting from your older four siblings or yes, if they I gave you I some. did. Mm-hmm. I did, two of them. One when I was a baby and uh, she left home because um, she was the oldest. And then the other one took over and uh, she's up to this day, I, I see her as my first mom. Hmm. Wow. Okay. So you, you had to deal with a lot. And I'm glad you had them. But of course, that can never compensate for the parents. But you had some of that. So maybe you yourself don't want to be that close to someone either. Or there's some ambivalence you might have about being very close to someone. And See, so, that's my concern. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like every time I get into a relationship, uh, when it gets to a certain point, I start finding faults in that person. Mm. And I'm magnifying, you know, the smallest thing to a huge thing. I don't know whether this is also the case. Um, another thing that I, I'm feeling very much in pain with this relationship is that I find being with him very boring. Talking to him on the phone, after five minutes, I start yawning. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, so there could be both of those. It's hard to say what's going on exactly, but I think the pattern you're noticing makes sense based on your own experience. And it's very easy. You know, we want to try, but then we find a way to not get too close to anyone by finding those faults when everyone does have faults. And even last time we spoke, I'm thinking it was probably about two months ago. I can't remember exactly a month to two months ago. And you even then I felt like you talked about him differently. The focus was on his daughter um, and issues you were having with her, that she was not being very accepting of the relationship, was not being so nice to you. And you were a little bit upset actually at his responses to some degree from what I remember. Um, But today you're talking about him in a much worse way than you were that time. And so maybe that's some of what you're talking about, that you, of course, the more we get to know someone, we see more of their goodness, but more we even see their faults because we don't see them initially. So we're always going to see that. But it seems like you're looking at him much differently than you did just a little while ago. Yeah, and I and I see that the uh, the job thing is not materializing. I mean, it's, he's not landing any job. 
Mm-hmm. So to me, it seems like he's not capable um, mm-hmm. to take care of himself financially. What, what kind uh, of work did he do? What, what's his IT profession? IT job. IT, okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way that when I was visiting him, he was taking me to see houses because he has his, he has his house in the market. And I'm thinking to myself, um, you don't have a job and you're not going to, you know, you don't, you're not even close to selling your house. So how come you're taking me to look for houses? Hmm. I mean, the, some of these decisions really just uh, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, like he was telling me the other day, after he got turned on by another job, he said, oh, I decided I'm going to sell my house and next house I'm just going to buy in cash. Uh, because I, he gets the, like 250 out of this house, so I'm just going to buy a, another house in cash, um, so I don't have to pay any mortgage. Huh. Um, financially, like how is he doing financially? He's paying his mortgage, he's paying his expenses. He said by end of the month, he's ha- things are going to get really desperate because so far he's been able to keep up. Um, and I feel that he's a little bit on the stingy side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was with him, the first time I went to see him, and I, I could understand, oh, he's out of job, maybe that's, that's why. He would take me to somewhere like a park, and then only the places that he didn't have to pay any entrance. Mm-hmm. And he would say, oh, the other place uh, is really beautiful, but, you know, you have to pay entrance, so we're not going to go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, then he would make mention, oh, we're going to have, um, we were going to have lunch, kind of it was late. So he said, oh, so this is com- combining lunch and dinner. <laughs> no, yeah, that's probably not what you were hoping to hear. Um, I hope you loaded up on bread if they had it at the restaurant. But you know, uh, there are these things do relate to things like the OCPD you brought up yeah. earlier, the obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And also, yes, he's he's out of a job and he's trying to stretch his money out. Uh, I guess as long as he can because he doesn't know when he's going to get a job. So that's you probably saw him at a. Uh, not so great time financially in his life, so he's going to probably appear even more stingy. But the way he's saying those things, yeah. it seems like he's, you know, he seems much more like a logical, like a uh, yeah. much more left brain than right brain person focusing on um, like things. He just sees it in the practical way, but he's not aware of how you might be seeing it or feeling yeah, about those things. He, he doesn't filter, you know, he doesn't like his daughter had the bad reaction he came and told me i asked him and he felt like he had to be totally totally transparent and he told me like not even thinking that this is going to make me upset mm-hmm. um not everything that my kids say i quickly go and tell the other person right. because, you know yeah and so it's and to me you know i'd say it's less about a filter and more or not having a filter or the fact that he actually can't can't imagine what you're going to feel so his sense of empathy is not very good he doesn't recognize how you're going to feel or react to something um so he doesn't realize that it might hurt you so let me be aware of how i say it or be sensitive to your feelings i don't think he's careless or he doesn't care 
um, or he doesn't have a filter. I think it's that he's just not very good at putting himself in your shoes, imagining mm. what you're going to feel. Even it seems like he's not good at putting himself in his own shoes to see what he feels. You know, he's not very in touch with his emotions. So he doesn't recognize that when I say this, she's going to feel this or, you know, she's coming out to see me and, you know, she's probably going to want me to take her somewhere or do some romantic things. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like he's aware of your feelings. And based on your parents, you might be used to your emotions not really being seen or cared much about. Right. And so you can at least accept that part of him or him being that way or some part of it even feels comfortable comfortable for you. What was your ex-husband like? Well, I was married twice and divorced okay. twice, mm-hmm. and uh, my first was the same way. He would not give me compliments. He was not very affectionate in that way, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He was very violent. He was breaking stuff, a um, lot of anger. Um, and the second was a porn addict, mm-hmm. and uh, we were only married for the second one, uh, only for 10 months. I see. So again, you know, two very emotionally unavailable men even the porn addict is going to be in his real relationship probably not very connected because he's more seeking the fantasy relationship or fantasy expression of his sexuality so my guess Mm -hmm. is the way he was with you was not very connected or or present and your your first husband maybe resembled your father even more Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. although you said your father was not physically violent but emotionally was uh, and your first husband was violent and angry and and not giving you lots of compliments or affection. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, at some level, all those things feel right to you. And by right, I mean they feel like home or they feel comfortable because you're mm-hmm. used to that. So even with this current man, you might feel like, of course, you'd like compliments, but I wonder how you would feel if someone gave you a lot of compliments. It might actually overwhelm you or you'd have a hard time believing it or taking it in and you Mm. might be even more comfortable with someone who doesn't give them to you but just also allows you to um, complain about that to them so it gives you something to hold over them but you don't actually maybe want the real thing what you're thinking you want i i want what is real i don't Mm -hmm. like with with him saying i love you so quickly um and saying i'm the one um, it makes me wonder that he has his own issue. He didn't get to know me yet. How do, how could he love me, or how could I? How could he think that I'm the one? Mm-hmm. So well, I, I don't yeah. feel comfortable well, with that. Either. Right, which I can understand. That makes sense. You know, uh, we we ha- a lot of people they they we think we want this feeling of someone just falling head over heels for us so quickly or love at first sight, but. When we really experience it, you recognize that that doesn't feel genuine. So if someone doesn't know us yet and says, I'm so in love with you and you're perfect, you're like, well, you don't even know me yet. So exactly. it doesn't feel exactly. like you see me. But, you know, what I'm hearing it, when I heard you say that is that to him, because he maybe is only looking for a certain depth of a relationship, he already knew all he wanted to know. You know, for him, it was like, okay, well, I've learned this much about you and I don't actually <laughs> want to get deeper and closer. So you... I can see you, you're the one that's, that's good. And you might, I'm sure you're a good partner. And so what he saw from you, he liked, and he doesn't really have a desire to go much deeper. So Mm. this is kind of maybe it for him to a degree, you know, that's what he's like. Okay, I've got it. So, um, but you were not satisfied, which makes sense because you, you need to get to know each other better. Plus getting to know each other long distance is mm-hmm. you know we almost have to multiply the time it takes to get to know each other when it's long distance compared to living in the same city 
because of the, the lack of the, the um, you know, uh, exposure to each other and seeing each other and spending time with one another, which you can never make up for that by even FaceTime or, you know, phone conversations don't compensate for what you get from seeing each other face to face and it's experiencing each other. So you might be dealing with someone who even likes the long distance part of your relationship. Uh, you know, you're talking about moving in together and all that, but he might like the distance, but then you again have to ask yourself, although you seem very different from him, but mm-hmm. maybe you also like this setup to some degree of being distant from him. You know, as long as someone's far from you, both physically and emotionally, they can't really hurt you. And maybe yeah. you're more, feels more safe or comfortable being with someone who's distant from you? For a while, I, I put off with it. I, mm-hmm. that, that has been my pattern. But then after a while, I become very unhappy and unsatisfied in the relationship. Yeah. Then I let that person go. I, I just, I, I don't like to be in a limbo, mm-hmm. like one foot in, one foot out. And with, with him, I'm seriously thinking about ending it. And then some of my friends say, no, you just get to know him a little bit better. Um, I don't even, I'm not even sure that if I'm really, really attracted to him physically. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how is the sexual relationship? With, with this one? Yes. Well, we haven't had any, I mean, we just hold hands. Um, that's you all. Just hold hands? There, is there yeah. a kissing? No, because he's very religious. And he said, until we get engaged, we cannot kiss each other. Okay, maybe you should have started with that. Because that's, um, you know, I mean, everyone is allowed to have their own, you know, their beliefs and things. But that does seem, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. At the age of 56. I agree. And I don't know if it's about religion. Sometimes it seems he doesn't like closeness. And, you know, kissing and touching is very messy. One, morally, Mm -hmm. it seems like there's something there. But he probably just doesn't like that at all and doesn't want that connection mm-hmm. it seems like he doesn't really like i said he doesn't really want to get close to you or anyone so it's not mm-hmm. a personal thing but he strikes me as someone who doesn't want to get close and it's very it's a lot easier to put it just on religion and that's why i'm not getting close to you so it's not about me and maybe you're thinking okay that's what's in between us and then if we get engaged then i'll have this closeness with him that you're yearning for but i don't think you're going to get it from him yeah, yeah. um you know it just seems like he's uh He's pretty closed off. It could be also from the losses that he had, his mother and his wife, and maybe he's just resigned to just maybe having a companion or someone who's around, but not Mm -hmm. being that close to someone. But it doesn't seem like he really wants a relationship. And that's him. But then the bigger question for you is, do I really want something? What am I doing with this? Because if six months, it seems like for six months, you've not gotten a lot from him in the emotional sense, but you're still sticking around. And so maybe, you know, some of what you also do is you're saying, do I find fault in the person and then go away? But also maybe you find someone that you know it's not going to work out with so that you can find fault and walk away at some point. So, you know, to me, it seems like for a long distance relationship, you generally want someone who's going to give you a lot emotionally because you have that and he doesn't give you that and then even when you're together physically, there's virtually nothing there. Even holding hands is something that feels forced. Even I have to initiate even that holding hand, um, which doesn't make me feel, you know, like when I told him, you don't give me any compliments, you know, and and then he next day, uh, next day he said, uh, I said, do you find me physically attractive? I mean, are you physically or do you only think that it should be mental 
connection and all that. He said, no, no, I find you physically attractive and physical attraction is important. I said, okay, so then why don't you even ever express it? So mm-hmm. next day, then he looked at me and said, oh, your dress is very colorful. Your dress is pretty. He still didn't <laughs> give me what I wanted. Yeah, that's, he complimented your dress more than he complimented you, so I don't think you were liking that. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I think, you know, he emotionally is not going to give you a lot, but what I am asking you is if you know you really actually want someone who's going to give you emotionally a lot. I don't. I, I can't yeah. see that how unhappy and uh, empty my life would be. I, I have been, yes. Well, I'm asking, but I'm, what I'm asking you is how you think you would feel with someone who is emotionally very available, present, and connected to you. That might also scare you too. And that's what I you have, have to think had about. That. Okay. I have Good. had those, and I was very happy. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, what ended you know, those relationships? It was a totally wrong person. <laughs> okay, well, that's but that's my point is, you know, that that could be part of the wrong in what way? Um, well, he had many things wrong with him. Uh-huh. Uh, he was not. Um, was he married he or was, was he? he? No, no, okay. he had marijuana issues. Uh-huh. Well, so again, you know, that person. He he probably felt a little bit like home to you because he with the addiction yeah. with your father having yeah. alcoholism as you described it and other drug issues. So again, I, I don't know if that was actually as emotionally connected as you think. It might have been um, intense and he might have been very expressive, but not in a genuine way if he was that way. So he also actually he was very he knew me very well because we talked a lot. Mm-hmm. So he would like tell me things about me that I would say, oh my gosh, how, how he knows that about me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very much in, in tune with my, you know, um, how I was and who I was. Yeah. And again, so he, you know, he might've felt like home to you because of the addiction. You guys had maybe some kind of, but maybe an unhealthy connection, you know, might yeah. not have been what you needed. So right. my feeling is your radar is a little bit off when it comes to finding someone. And your um, self-worth is also a little bit low. So yeah. combined, you end up finding the wrong kinds of people or staying away. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned therapy last time because almost everyone that calls, because I think everyone should go, I go myself to see a therapist. Yeah. Because you have a lot in that the childhood you described is incredibly painful. And again, mm-hmm. dealing with your two primary relationships completely emotionally unavailable and hurting you more than helping you. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be looking for relationships in the wrong way so i would hope you you know with this relationship you might want to give it a little bit of a chance but he seems like he's emotionally not going to give you much but you have to yeah. ask yourself again what am i actually looking for why am i even choosing to be with someone that for six months has given me very little other than just maybe having someone that i know i have um and, and i would mm-hmm. recommend really going into therapy and getting deep into what's going on for you to change some of those things or work on some of those things no, I, I totally. I mean, I my first instinct is to end it. Yeah. Um, right away. Uh, I don't like things dragging because I don't want him. Because I know his sister around here, who lives like ten minutes from me, and we see each other on and off. Um, so I don't want it to be a nasty one or something. That no, says, we don't oh, want I'm that either. My no, time. Don't make know? it drag on. That that I think makes sense. But you know. You're also your fear of being close to someone, I think, is pretty clear. That's why you could tolerate 
six months of being with someone who's not giving you much. So that's what I want you to think about. But yeah, I wouldn't don't don't let it drag on if you know you're not happy and it's not going to work. But maybe see him one more time and see how it is in person, and then and then go from there and maybe give us an update in a little bit about how it's going. Yeah, I mean, um, he hasn't even pointed out when we're going to see each other. Last time we saw each other was uh, end of June. And, yeah, so I mean, the desire, you know, again, he the, he doesn't seem like he's someone who wants, it's not about you, so don't take it personally, but it doesn't seem like he's someone who wants to get very close to anyone. And yeah. that's that's kind of a big, obviously a big issue. But like I said, for me, it's always, we keep talking about him, but I want you to look at yourself and your own desire for closeness. I do have to go to a commercial break and I want to get to some okay. other callers, but I appreciate you calling and I uh, wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Doctor. This was great, great, um, you know, talk with you, and I really um, learned a lot. And oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. I, I so hope much. you do that. Yes, definitely do that. Was very happy to talk to you. Have a great day. Thank you. You All too. Right, take care. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. You're listening to In Session with Doctor Fadi Talakwi. We'll be right back. back studio number three one zero four four one zero five 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 let's go to another caller radio hamra you're on the air hi dr halakui hello thank you for taking my call thanks for calling um doctor i had a question okay um i have two daughters mm -hmm. and oldest one is 29 and the youngest one is 26 mm-hmm uh, my question is on my daughter, who is 26. Um, she, uh, they both were born here, and we lived here almost 42-some years. Um, and they both, uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, the one I have question on, she, she, when she was going to high school, like uh, junior year, senior year, she met this guy in high school. Um, and... Uh, so they were talking. At that time, they were not dating. They were talking. So when they got graduated, um, he went off to college somewhere else, and she went to college somewhere else. So um, here and there, he would go visit my daughter at her college, um, and she she dated a couple other guys, and he dated girls too. So, but I guess loosely, that according to what he says, loosely they were in talking, you know, here and there, mm -hmm. uh, but they never officially, like, dated. They, you know, they, they weren't in the same town to see each other. So um, he, um, he was one year old when his parents brought him from India. His parents are from India, but he was born back in, in India about a year. Um, so they came here while he was, uh, when he was one year old. Um, and... Um, so he went to school. He finished his uh, medical uh, degree, and they both are 26. They're both same age, 26. So he went off somewhere else, finishes his school. And the same time, before he finishes medical school, he told my daughter that he wants to come visit us, visit our parents. So over the Christmas break, he came to our home, and, uh, you know, he brought a gift and, you know, flower. 
and he asked my my husband myself uh, I want your you know it wasn't official anything it wasn't like you know when you go to Hastagari in Iran it wasn't mm-hmm. anything like that but he he came just for a you know casual visit and see my daughter he spent like 10 days uh, you know just put aside from his medical school to come visit us he said that he wants our permission and our blessings to um, see our daughter and maybe in the future they think about getting married you know this was their intention and at that time we were you know caught off the guard we we had no idea that you know there's a guy that you know because my daughter brought this to our attention a month before over the uh, thanksgiving uh, uh holiday and said there's a guy that you know wants to come um, see you guys and so said well at that point we didn't know what to say we were just so shocked so he went back to the school to finish his last semester of his medical school he finished in may and all this time they were talking him and my daughter were talking about you know arranging um to for him when he finishes they go um you know live together in a place get engaged and um all this was going on, and this was the same time that my daughter, she got her MBA, she finished uh, her MBA, and she got a really nice job in New Jersey, so she says she wants to move out. She she wants to go to New Jersey, move out, and eventually, he, after they get engaged, he comes and lives with her. So anyways, he finishes the school uh, in July. Um, he took his uh, Emily, uh test, mm-hmm. uh, board test. Um, so after he finishes his board exam, he... Uh, he come to my daughter and uh, take her. Um, they went to France. The French Riviera got engaged, and they were there for one week. And uh, the night before he took my daughter, he called my husband and myself. Now, this was the only call that during all this time he made to my husband, um, said, okay, I'm taking you know, uh, your daughter uh, to propose to her. And, you know, we were kind of, Again, happy and same time, you know, kind of surprised. Uh, that where is the parents of all this arrangement? You know, all this talking. Where are his parents? Um, mm-hmm. Never knew his parents. Never talked to his parents. They never called us. Nothing. You know. So, you know, I said, okay, you already done all the arrangements. So we wish you the best. So we were happy for them. So they went off and they got engaged. And he never bothered to call us to 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 say, hey, we're engaged. Um, so we'd be happy, celebrate, you, okay. you know. Well, I, I, by the way, I think you called once before, is that right? Yeah, but okay. the and I, has come to No, more. I'm sure they've, and I want to hear, yeah, I remember you weren't happy about the relationship then either, and some of the things sounded familiar, that's why I was just trying to remember, and, and, you know, we'll basically start as if it's new, because I won't remember everything, and listeners might not yeah, remember either. Yeah, I probably either. remember something. Yeah, I do. I remember you not being very happy about it, and I remember this expectation that I felt was too much, that he should be, and his family should be making efforts that you and your family have not made either. But, I mean, you know, when they get engaged, I would assume she's going to tell you, not that he has to himself then call you again. His his call the night was before was to ask for permission, which is not everyone does that these days, and that, so he was trying to be polite. Um, but I wouldn't expect that, oh, he's... I, for me, when you say, oh, he didn't, he didn't call us the next day when they got engaged, I don't see that as a negative thing about him. But but go ahead, continue. Doctor, so right now, um, as of today, we haven't heard from anything from his parents. We asked him 
and we also told him, when you talk to your parents, tell him we congratulate this, this relationship. You know, we want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, now you are part of our family. I, I even called him, you know, you're going to be our future son. So all of this, and um, so I said, okay, um, can we have a phone number for your parents? So he said he didn't feel comfortable. And, um, you know, I didn't go to, in, in, you know, uh, ask him why he doesn't feel comfortable. So now... Uh, Parents never called us either to congratulate us, okay? I'm not saying that he should call me and every mm-hmm. day congratulate, but neither the parents, neither the mom, neither the dad called my husband, nothing. So now uh, we couldn't sit on the side and do nothing. So next week we're going to visit them and, you know, we're going to visit them and, and kind of celebrate this, kind of, you know, be with them. And, and, I have another daughter. He never made uh, effort to call, and he, he's the only child. So among him and my daughter, the sister is the only sibling is among them, you know. There's only one, one sister. So he never made attempt to call to say, hey, you know, we got engaged, and, you know, we'd like to celebrate. So my daughter made the first step to go in and visit them. So she went in and visited them, and he said, okay, you're not my first priority. My first priority is my school. And I tell you, this guy knows nothing other than just his head in books, study all the time, worry about his exam, worry about his career. Mm-hmm. And so well, I mean, clear- we don't know how to, to deal with this. <laughs> well, clearly you're not happy about him and the relationship. And, again, some of what I'm hearing from you is that you're looking for things that he did wrong rather than he's doing some really big things wrong my thoughts and concern are more about your daughter and then you know and i'm sure you've asked her we're about to go to commercial break but think about it we could talk more after the break what what she likes about him what attracts her to him what she knows about his parents and their involvement and their acceptance of their relationship and if things are okay in that way that to me is more important than necessarily some of the things you've brought up so after the break let's talk a bit about that and we'll we'll get into a little bit more okay okay all right you're listening to in session with dr fatty taloqui we'll be right back back before the break we're with a caller let's go back to her caller are you still there hi okay so we're talking about your daughter and her relationship and to be honest like during the break i was thinking and about how you were talking about him and it 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 seems very biased almost to the point where i I was having this uh image of the campaign ads you hear during you know election season where they're just talking bad about someone and it's just everything they can think of you know, he didn't call after the engagement. It was that kind of like a tone I was hearing and everything you were saying was you were looking for him to be bad. So that tells me somewhere you already disapprove of this relationship. Before we get into the details, I want to know about your daughter's side. But what is it? Why don't you approve of him? Because clearly it seems like you're not happy about him. Doctor, it's not that we're not happy about him. And it's just what I'm what I'm feeling is what for the little that we know about this guy is that, first of all, all his life, he's just been going to school. He he told us he never traveled outside of, mm-hmm. this, you know, his estate. Um, 
he was never able to, um, you know, to have a, a, a day or two break going with his, you know. He's, he, first of all, he doesn't have anybody here other than his mom and dad. He's the only child in the family, okay. And, and when my daughter, my oldest daughter, asked him why he's not calling, why he's not telling family and friends to celebrate, especially my mom and dad, he says that your mom and dad doesn't like skin of my color. My daughter, who's in a relationship with him, says, I am darker than you. What are you talking about? It's not the skin of the color. Mm-hmm. It's not the color of the skin. Do it's, you? Okay, so it, what about him being Indian? Does, are you okay with that? That's a no. That took that took long enough. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. Right. So you're not. So Doctor, so he's not wrong about that. It's not about the the skin Doctor, color, but it's about were, his ethnicity. You aren't okay with that. So Doctor, he has a point. Yeah. We don't know his mom and dad. Mom no. And oh, dad hold on. Hold on. A, hold on. Okay. That that we can to, talk about. But when I asked you about him being Indian, you you took a long time for you to tell me anything, which meant that you it wasn't a yes. It was more of a no. That you're not okay person, with that. Doctor, as a person, for what we know of him, for a couple of times we met him, me and my husband both like him. But what bothers us, what it makes us aggravated, makes us uh, not comfortable, what if the mom and dad controlling his life? Because they paint for the schooling, okay? okay that, I know, but that's separate. Loans. Okay, paint, Let's, we'll talk about that. But what I'm saying is, again, when I asked you about him being Indian, you couldn't say, no, that's not the issue, it's about this, even... To tell me, to try to convince me, you couldn't say it. You had to still, it, it took you time, which tells me you're not okay with him being Indian. So he has a point to think that maybe your parents don't really like me because of when he said skin color, really he meant race, ethnicity, not necessarily. So right. there's something there. He's not, no, that's not him pulling something out of thin air. That's something genuinely there. And that's telling us you, and you have to accept going in. I already have a negative bias about this guy. And so I have to almost recognize that when I look at anything, he's, I, I think about him that I'm already to see it through a negative lens. Just like if a Republican finds out some politician is a Democrat, already any ideas he or she has, they're probably going to disagree with before they even think about them critically. You already are not going to, and vice versa, but you're already not going to like him. Because that, that's what I'm saying. The way you were talking about him wasn't like, let me tell you about my my daughter and this guy that she's dating and now engaged to. It's like, let me tell you all the negative things about this guy. And so that's the way it felt. But okay, let's come back. Let me ask you something. Have you, I'm hoping you've talked to your daughter about what she likes about him, about even these concerns you have. I can understand you're saying we're concerned we don't know his family yet. That I can take as a legitimate concern. So I'm wondering, what does she say about him and about this situation? Okay, um, first of all, let me, let me correct, let me go back and correct okay. this. Um, me and my husband both like the guy. It's not that where he came from, he's, he's just as American he can be. He was born here, he was to school. Even when he speaks, you don't think he's, his background is from, from India. He doesn't look Indian. He, you know, uh, he looks more like Persian than Indian. But the fact that his parents, like, for example, from the beginning, his mom asked my daughter to do fertility tests. I mean, who, who in right mind would do a girl to go do a fertility test? Okay, from the beginning, mm-hmm. do a prenup, do fertility test. This is all before the engagement. And I asked the guy, I said, does your mom uh, control you? Does your mom take, uh, 
you know, tell you, uh, do this, do this. Mom and dad write me a page because they don't have time. They write me a page. They say, okay, Monday, do this. Tuesday, do this. Do this. So these are the things that concern us. Sure. Are that, they that's have, that's are they concerning. Yeah. Control in their life. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, I told you, I'm, tell, I'm here to tell you, my daughter, she's not standing for any of this. She's not at all. So She's not going to stand for those things. And my daughter is going to be, ta- her innocence is going to be taken advantage of. You're saying of, she won't stand for this or she won't stand up for herself about uh, this? If, if they if they telling the son to dictate, if they dictating the son to do, you know, go do this, go do that, she will not stand up for that that kind of behavior. She won't stand for it. Like, she won't she, accept it. Right. Okay, exactly. that's good. Okay, so then you have to um, allow for your daughter to not accept it if it's that way. So what does your daughter, have you talked to her about these things? Um, yes. Every what does time she say? I say? Every time I say, okay, mommy, uh, are, are his mom uh, good to you? Are his mom, you know, meherabun to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk every day. And um, and I, you know, I said to myself, I didn't bring it up to them. I said, well, what kind of mom is that? That she didn't make an effort to go there and congratulate them, hug my daughter, honey, you know, welcome to, to our family, or, you know, congratulate them for the fact that they got engaged. How far do they live from where? They're, they're North Carolina to New Jersey. Okay. So they're, they're farther, they're closer to them than we are closer to, to my daughter. Okay. So, and... Um, and the fact that they are paying for his medical school, they're paying right now. This guy's not going to make any money till about five years from now, going through his uh, rotation, residency, this and that. He's not going to be making a penny. So, he, he parents are making you know his his schooling and also pay for the you know rent and. Um, my daughter, she contributes some too. So when I ask her, how is he with you? Oh, first of all, he worships my daughter. Okay. He told me that he's crazy about my daughter, okay? Mm-hmm. So what I'm thinking is when he when he tells us that we don't like the uh, color of his skin, maybe he feels inferior. Maybe he feels like he's not good enough for us. Maybe you know, but mm-hmm. he has a wrong image. The only the only concerns we have here his parents, his parents come in later and have a hands in their um, you know, their marriage or their life. But you're saying and, they don't even come to see them. Even still, they give him a list of things from a, a thousand miles things. away? To do the, yes. They email him a list of things to do? Before he told me that. Before. because He said, because my parents, they don't have time. They're IT people. I mean, what kind of IT doesn't have a time over the weekend to to go see, see the kid? Um, they write a list for me. Okay, Monday, do this. And I, I said, that's too much dictation here. Mm-hmm. So that is that is our only fear. That is our only concern. That if our daughter is going to be in a situation, going to be dictated by parents, his parents just because they helping financially, going to tell him, okay, you know, she needs to be doing this. She needs to be doing that. Well, that wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't agree with that situation at all. But I don't know if there's a sign that that's how it's going to be. Does she say? Does she say she feels that his parents are too controlling of him? She doesn't. Well, she's not saying that. Have you talked to her about that? Yes. Last time I talked to her, she she cut me off. I said, have the parents... uh, I said, do they talk to him? Yeah, they talk every day. But that's about it. What do they talk about every day? I mean, about his, you know, 
financial. Do you talk to her every day? No. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. She said. No, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Do you talk to your daughter every day? Sometimes when we when she has time, she works from seven a.m. to seven p.m. Okay. Well, I'm just saying. So I mean, when uh, she has time, she calls, and I, you know, so I know she's. Yeah. In between, you know, work and home, she calls. Okay. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, she's going to make her decision. Um, and we obviously, you're saying you don't want her his parents to be too controlling, but you can't be controlling of her either, and say. You know, I'm going to control who you marry or don't marry. No, 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 no. That's not. That's yeah. not the point. That's not the case. But our our only, and we are going to visit them next week. Okay. Good. So yes. So we want to know how to how to you know treat this person. I mean, how to. Well, I mean, I hope you treat him with lots of love and respect. But that's what exactly else? what we want to do. But well, I'll tell you, there's a few things. Even in what you've told me, us. look, if you ask him, you know, you can't. Some of the things you're you're worried about, you can't ask him. By the way, are your parents going to control everything you do, and my daughter does. I, what is he going to answer to that? You know, there's no an- yes, they are, or even if he says no, you're not going to be convinced. So you you know those questioning or interrogating him or her is not going to work. And even when you talk to her, like I'm saying, when I'm hearing you talk about him and the relationship, it, everything sounds very negative and almost attacking. That that can be part of why she becomes defensive and shuts you off and doesn't respond to you. So you have to be aware of that, that when you want to talk to her, if you come at her by attacking or in a negative way, well, then, of course, she's going to get defensive and not want to tell you much. Even maybe she does have her own concerns, but she's not going to tell you if you start attacking her, the relationship and attacking him and attacking uh, his parents when you don't really know much about them. You know little. Maybe that's part of what you're upset about, but... With knowing little, you can't attack them. And, you know, you're saying maybe he feels inferior, but I got the sense last time very strongly and still this time that you don't like the fact that he's not Persian or the fact that he's Indian. So it's not just that he's out of nowhere feeling less than. You're giving him some feeling that you see him as less than. So, you know, to put that, you're interpreting in a way that's very self-serving because you want, you think of him as less than, you want to think, oh, He's seeing himself as less than my daughter because he worships her. You know, a lot of things you're saying, if things were a little bit different, you'd be saying, this is so great. He loves my daughter. He worships my daughter. That's what I want. I want my daughter to be with someone that loves her to death and loves her so much. But now you use it as a negative thing. You know what? He loves my daughter to pieces. He loves her so much. And that's concerning me. That doesn't necessarily concern me. Yeah, if you told me he's being weird and irrational in his love i would say okay but if you're saying they want to get engaged and he loves her a lot i'm not like oh this is something worrisome so yes if you want to talk to her and talk to him i would say don't at all attack them think about before you ask a question ask yourself how someone could answer that for example are your parents going to control everything that's that's not a good question there's no way you're going to get information from that that is going to be helpful and it's very attacking and judgmental already in how you're asking understand more about his family you can even say we'd like to meet them we'd like to get to know them um we'd like to see them and see what you know if we can all get together to know each other better you you, have, you can make those efforts but to ask think that by asking the questions you're going to get information or get answers you're just going to get more frustrated and make them feel more and more that you disapprove of the relationship and if anything your daughter will tell you less rather than more Yes, doctor. Um, right now, our only concern is his parents. You know, okay. their involvement in their life, because 
like I said, as big of a news as engagement for, for a young couple and for them not to call, even to go visit them, the only son they have. He After he finishes his... Um, his medical school. He didn't make an effort to go visit his parents. So, but so if anything, that's what? saying his parents aren't that controlling or involved in his life, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the part that I'm confused. You're saying I feel like they're. I mean, I'm sure you'd be more concerned if every weekend they were going to see him. That would be more controlling and involved than they didn't even go. What I'm trying to say, doctor, is that. Because they pay most of his loan, most of his school, most of his financial, and this is the only child they have. And the fact that they write out for him what to do or, you know, go to this school, go to that school, stay to this Yeah, program, some of those things are a little bit years. strange. I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't think he should, at his age, have a to-do list from his parents. He has enough to deal with that's with his what, school. That's what, sure. we, that's what that's, we're afraid of. That's okay. What, and, and, but and we don't know I if don't, that's still happening I, to this to this time, but maybe they are controlling parents. I'm not I'm not trying to tell you they have the perfect family and everything is going to work out. I'm letting you know the way I'm hearing you talk about him is very negatively biased. And if you want to understand and learn more about him and about your daughter's relationship with him and what's going to happen in the future... If you come off as attacking and judgmental, you're going to get less information and be pushed more away rather than understand and learn more. So my recommendation would be when you go there to be aware of the judgmentalness, because I heard it a lot in what you talked about, in that that judgmentalness is just going to make them tell you less and push them away. And you're not going to even get what your goal is to learn more. Although I feel like part of your goal is that you want them to not be together, but you're going to push yourself away from them rather than get closer to your daughter. Because a lot of what you're telling me, I think through conversations with your daughter, you should get a better sense of, but it seems like you haven't been able to do that. But you're kind of just trying to gather information on your own or you've already made the decisions on your own. I would talk to your daughter. How do you feel with them? How do, how do his parents, how are you with his parents? What are they like? Tell me about them. We haven't gotten to meet them yet. I really want to meet them. Um, what is, how are they like with, with him? And then you even eventually can say, you know, I do have this concern because you mentioned that, or he said that he has these to-do lists from his parents, Monday, do this, Tuesday, do that. I wonder about their involvement in his life and then your life in the future. And you can ask her, but the way you're coming on and how you're even talking to me, it's so strong and aggressive and judgmental that you're going to push her away and she's not even going to give you answers or the answers you're looking for. So I, I can understand your concerns about him having parents that might be too controlling if they're giving him to-do lists at an older age, even from a far distance away. Yeah, that could be something. But again, the fact that they haven't been there and haven't been so much in his life might be a good thing. I'm wondering, are you worried that they haven't gone to visit because they don't approve of the marriage? Or the that's engagement? What we're saying. Okay. That's what we're saying. That's, to me, it's not a good signal. If they, okay. if they were approve of the relationship, they would pick up the phone and say, hey, we're happy, you know, they're engaged. Pick and up the I, phone and call who? Said to the guy, I said, pick up the phone and call who? Call us. Okay, call but us. you didn't call them either. No, we don't, we don't have the phone number. Okay. I, asked the, I, I asked him, can we have a phone number to right. call your and mom said, and dad? I don't feel comfortable. He said, I don't feel comfortable. I don't know whether he thinks that this is... Us talking to them is going to end the relationship, although they know each other for 10 years, you know, long distance, like since they met in high school. And 
Doctor, another thing that he he um, he had a girlfriend in school in in college that was from same country. How about this? We, we actually had a commercial break, but I want to let you finish. So let's talk after the break oh, about okay, that. Thank okay, you. just hang on the line. You're listening to In Session with Doctor Fadi Delacqui. We'll be right back. Back before the break, we're with the caller. Let's go back to her. Radio Hamra, are you still there? Yes, I know. All right. So you were, you know, we're talking about your daughter's relationship. Twenty, she's twenty-six years old. That you're concerned about. She's recently engaged, um, and you feel you don't know a lot about him, but especially about his parents and his family. But you did want to talk about something about him in a, in a previous uh, relationship. Yes, doctor. Um, and when he was in the school, he dated this uh, girl from India that was a classmate. Uh, like they were in a medical school together. After three years, he broke up with her. And I said, why? Because in between, um, like when, my, when, he, when he introduced my daughter to mom and dad, mom said, why her? Like, why my daughter? And I and I told him and I told him why would your mom say something like that? And he told me that wouldn't you ask the same question? So this girl that he dated in in school, um, dad was a doctor, so they both becoming a doctor from India. So I said, why that relationship didn't last after three years? Well, we had problems. She was violent, so I left it at that. So. So when when the mom says why her, and he kind of like asked him, would you? What would your mom and dad say about my daughter? He said, I really want to. Sh-, uh, I asked him, would you allow him to your to your? You know, would you leave the door open for them? He said, no. To be honest with you, I want to shut the door on them. So I. What don't is know- that? Wait, I'm confused by that. Who who wants to shut the door on them? He said. He said for his parents. He said for his parents, so... I'm, I'm still not sure I understand what that means. Okay, I asked him, I asked him uh, in the beginning, this was an early conversation we had, I said, um, it sounds like a, your mom and dad has control in your life if they write a you know, page like that for you <laughs> to do list. Um, are they controlling your life? Would you allow them in your, in, your, in your, you know, would you leave the door open for them that that opened for them, he said, to be honest with you, I want to shut the door at them. So I don't know if this is a revenge or mm-hmm. that he's going with my daughter or he's not. Because my daughter said from the beginning that his mom and dad had list of girls for him. I don't know if you've seen the movie Big Sky. Big, big, uh, the Big Sick. Big Sick. I have big seen sick. it, yes. yes. Big Sick, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason I went to watch it. <laughs> But anyways, that the mom and dad had a big list of girls. As soon as he graduates from medical school, here they come, you know, one <laughs> after another. But he told me that he's not interested in anybody else. He said he's crazy over my daughter. So these are the things that I get in my mind. Okay, what if later so, the mom and dad come in and mm-hmm. 
you know, especially they helping him financially for now, not for the future with his schooling. Because my daughter works, and and eventually he's going to be making money too. Mm-hmm. So, so this part, I, this concern, I can understand um, where you're coming from. And I want to say something before you know. You said when they met your daughter, they said, "Why her? Why her? Yeah, exactly." And so. That's obviously judgmental when it's said in that way. Of course, as parents, we should wonder why her, why him. Not in the judgmental way, but that we want to understand why is my daughter or my son attracted to this person? What do they like about them? And learn more about that person. But why her, the way you said it at least, I don't know what this this lady or the, you know his mother said, that comes from a, that they don't approve of them and they're basically judging that. So we have to be aware of how we ask that question, why her, why him, sounds like you're not happy about it. But if you say, I want to know why you like him and why you love him and why you want to be with him or her, that's very different. But this concern of yours, I can understand. Because if A, they are very involved in his life or have been very involved, and then two, there's the possibility they don't approve. We're talking about you not liking him potentially for not being Persian and for being Indian. It's very possible his parents don't approve of your daughter because she is not Indian. And maybe there's even a religious difference too. So that I can understand your concern there. I'm not saying that's not legitimate, but that's something that you have to talk to your daughter about and understand what's going on. That that concern is real and we have, or at least we don't know how real it is yet, but if it is there, that could be a big issue. And we, we want to look into that, that it seems they were very traditional if they had potential suitors for him lined up and we want you to marry this person or this person or this person and then when they meet your daughter if it was a why her of a judgmental we don't accept her why did you choose her when we have all these good potential people for you i can understand your concern there that to me is legitimate that we have to be concerned about that and even that they didn't want you to talk to his parents or he didn't want you to talk to his parents that's, that part I can get. The, the part that they didn't that we, want. Yeah, that, yes. Uh, he says that as soon as we talk to them, they're going to say, okay, we told you so, you know. We told you so that this is not the girl for you. Um, as far as, like, she, my, doc, my daughter, you know, she's got, she's got a master's degree, but she's not a doctor. She's not an Indian doctor. She, you know. No, it's going to be very hard for her to become an Indian doctor. Yes, that's not going to happen. But <laughs> what I, what I'm wondering about is how she, how does she feel about what's going on? That's what I. Again, you're you're focusing. Oh. I know one thing I'll say is I I'm not saying you're being the same as his parents, but you keep talking about controlling. But I don't feel this idea of like let me talk to my daughter and understand what's going on. It's that I have to figure it out. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to play detective and get to the bottom of this. Your daughter knows more than you about all of this. I'm sure she does. Okay. But, 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 but you know, um, every time I want to ask her, she says, no, uh, you know, nothing wrong with his parents. His parents love me. I said, well, from the beginning, this is not a good sign that mm-hmm. they haven't called. They haven't initiated anything, you know, to say who we are. I wouldn't you know? focus on that part. I would ask her, but, you know, he said that they asked why her. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's what we're gonna we're gonna. I wouldn't gonna, focus on they haven't given us a call. I mean, it's something you know. You guys should be getting to know each other. But I would focus more on okay. Well, my concern is how they feel about you because then when you say they haven't called me, that makes it seem like you're making it about you. Why haven't his parents given me a call? But you're saying I don't know if they. I'm concerned if they don't approve of you, and that this is going to be an issue in the future. Just in general, it's nice to have both families be very accepting and loving of the relationship, but also. Because he seems like, at least he was, 
very close and maybe dependent on his parents also being the only child, that we have concerns about what this means about your future. That's very different than they should be calling me and calling your dad. So, Doctor, um, overall, I'm, I'm over with his parents. I mean, I'm not waiting by the phone to receive a phone call. Okay. Right now, my concern is my daughter and, and you know, his relationship um, with, with his parents, you know, how his parents going to better life for them, make the life better for them, or, or mm-hmm. sour the mm-hmm. life for them. That's, that's all we, you know, it's... It's frustrating for us every day. Sure, I can understand. That, to me, the concern I can understand. Again, like I said, I felt from you last time, and I feel it this time, that you're not very accepting of him yourself, which is itself a bad place to start. But what you're saying your concern is, um, now, if you're telling me I want this relationship to work if it's right, I don't totally feel that, but I would hope that, um, is that you're worried about his family, their involvement, and the fact that you guys haven't at all been in contact and we want to get to know each other, but I want you to recognize that if you're going to go see them, that you have to be aware of what I'm telling you is that when you start asking your questions, when you come on so strong and come on very judgmental, it's going to make them defensive and push away. So you have to think, how do I ask my questions or how do I try to better understand this situation in a way that allows for them to communicate with me, for my daughter to talk with me, not to make my daughter feel like she's on trial or make him feel like he's on trial. Mm-hmm. Because if you right. do that, if you start with uh, you know, judgmental questions, they're going to shut down completely and all they're going to think about is how do I make things look good, maybe even make them look better than the truth if I have to, because we're under attack. But if it's we're so happy for you. We love you. We love both of you. We want to understand what's going to happen in your life together. And we want to know your family better because we're going to potentially become one family. That's a very different feeling than coming in. I already know that this is not right and I'm already unhappy about it. And I'm going to attack you guys and attack your parents without having met them. So that's what I want you to think about is that the way we ask, you know, we sometimes parents tell me, oh, my kids don't tell me anything kids teenagers adults whatever age their children are they say never they never tell me anything and they blame the kids only first of all kids shouldn't tell us everything especially once Uh they get to a certain age but secondly when someone doesn't tell us things we have to think am i making it comfortable and easy for them to tell me the truth to tell me what's going on for them we have to take some of that responsibility on us so from what you told me your daughter hasn't told you a whole lot about these questions that you have and some of them are very legitimate And some of that could be that when you're asking her, you're pushing her away, you're making her feel judged, you're making her feel under attack, and she doesn't want to tell you anything, um, you know, because she doesn't like the way you're responding or she just wants to end the conversation. So you have to take that responsibility. And with your, your husband, how can we ask or how can we learn more about this in a way that doesn't make our daughter and her fiance feel threatened, feel judged, feel that we don't approve? and push them away rather how can we push them towards ourselves or get closer to them to understand the situation and you have to accept what i have felt that you don't necessarily approve of this relationship yourself outside of his parents i don't get that feeling to begin with that even if his parents were exactly what you wanted them to be that you're very happy about what's going on so your bias seems to be towards hoping this isn't right or doesn't work out that's the feeling i get in talking to you and so you have to know that you're going in with those biases already, which already your daughter and him, they're not going to like. He already thinks you don't like him because of the color of his skin or really because of his race. And I'm not saying he's totally right or that you've been so mean to him, but you have to 
also go and saying, okay, he already thinks I see him in that way. So how does he get to feel? How comfortable does he feel around me when I start questioning him about things, when he already thinks I don't like him because he's Indian and he's not Persian? That's, that's the reality of the situation. So I hope you go there and you learn more about him. You learn more about the family. You guys get closer together and you have a better understanding and that you create more of a bridge that you and your daughter can have more conversations, not that you can question her or uh, you know, put her on trial, but to better understand her and what's going on. And even you can share your concerns just as concerns, not as truths, not as I know what's going to happen and you know, this is what's, how things are going to go bad, but here are some concerns. I want to know what you think about them. And then maybe you can get to a better place with her. Okay. Because we do have to wrap up right now with the show. I hope when you, you sure. know, you Thank see, you very much for your time. let I me know how it goes. That. I hope it goes well. And remember, you're trying to learn more. You're not trying to tell them about the situation. Right. But thanks for calling. Gotcha. Thank you so much. Have Appreciate a great day. Time. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. All right. We've reached the end of today's show. Again, the book of the week is Quiet, the Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking by Susan Cain. Hope you'll join me for that discussion this coming Monday. Thank you to all the callers and the listeners out there. Thank you to Rahman here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Delaqui. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.